What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Giorgio Says. This is the podcast. It's a little bit different. I originally started this podcast in April of 2020, and then I picked up TikTok in July, and I've been busy with TikTok. So if you're not familiar with me, I do have a TikTok channel at Giorgio Says. I spill all the latest Bravo, um, Housewives Tea, um, Bravo Liberty Gossip, and anything going on within the Housewives world. I commit to bringing daily um, news and updates on my TikTok. So if you aren't following me on TikTok, it's at Giorgio Says, and I post there daily, multiple times a day. My next goal here is to get my podcast up and running and make things a little bit more cohesive for everybody to get their information. So before we get into today's episode, I want to also talk about some of the things that I've reflected on in the last year and where I'm at and what my my vision for 2022 is. And I'm really excited because I've been brainstorming a lot of different ways to connect with you guys. And part of that is just getting your feedback and what you guys want me to dive more into, what you want me to talk about, um, obviously under the Bravo sphere. And yeah, so I want to dive right in and let's get started because I have a lot to talk about. It's 2022 and we have already started the year with a ton of things and we don't have a lot of time. And if I'm on TikTok, I can't give you the full deep dive that I want to because there's time constraints. It's more short form. So this is for people that want to dig in a little bit more. So let's kick it off with Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I don't know if you guys are watching. I do get a little bit of a lighter response typically on Salt Lake City. And I think that's just because people still don't, haven't caught on to the show. And I get it. I was like that season one. It took me a minute. I didn't quite understand, you know, how the cast meshed or if it was just a bunch of caricatures of different personalities. So that was a little bit challenging, but I feel that once you give it a go, you really, it starts to make sense. Like for this franchise, I think sometimes when a new franchise comes about, you're just kind of like, Oh, I got to get, I got to get to know a whole new group of women, which I typically, I do get excited for that piece of it because it's always nice to have fresh faces and new personalities to kind of um, get to know. But I think this season of Salt Lake City has been obviously very tumultuous. I mean, it's coming off the back of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we, you know, if you don't remember, you must've been sleeping under a rock because Every day we woke up, we were talking about Erica Jane or Tom Girardi or Erica Jane and this happening on the show and breaking down what was real, what was presumed to be a lie or something that was taken out of context. So then we jump right into Salt Lake City. And yes, I will say this. They did tease us in Salt Lake City with the trailer and made it seem like we were going to get this, I don't know, explosive episode one. And there was a little bit of a slower buildup to that scene but I think since that point it started to pick up and I will say after watching last this past week's episode it was really clear to me like this show is starting to pick up 
it's getting really good. And I think it's, it really dawned on me last week when Jenny had her pho lunch. That was like, that was amazing. Amazing episode. This past Sunday's episode was great. Um, you know, in the preview for next week, we see Jen and Lisa kind of get into it on the bus. So can't wait to watch that one. So all in all, we're sitting in a good place. I do, I do wish the ratings would follow suit. I know they have picked up a little bit more, but I think, you know, I would never steer people in the wrong direction. If I don't like something, I don't like it. I've been very vocal that the last season of New York was hard for me to even sit through. And then we had Vanderpump Rules where it was just kind of like, it wasn't the same show that I had grown to love. And so, you know, I typically won't promote or push for someone to give something a chance if I personally have given it a chance more than once and I still can't seem to connect. So I say that to say, if you have not started watching Salt Lake City, I I would motivate you to start watching because if you haven't yet, this is actually the perfect time. I think you can probably do a quick little recap and just jump in probably like three episodes. So start three weeks ago. If you don't want to start from the very beginning, that's fine. I don't think you need to necessarily have started from season one. It will help give you context to to these ladies' personalities. However, you can kind of pick up on what they're giving you in this season with what's going on. So I think, you know, if you haven't watched it, I would definitely give it a shot. It's definitely good. Definitely, definitely a great, great season so far. I think, and I don't want I don't want to give people because this kind of happened with Erica Jane too, but you know, there is a point where they become human, right? We, we watch Jen sitting and having a conversation with coach Shaw about how, you know, she did everything to try to make life better for her family. And, you know, sometimes I think, and this is my opinion, so please don't come with the pitchforks in the comment section, but I think honestly and truly, I think what we're seeing here is someone who didn't come from money, who has a hustler's mentality, but I'm going off my gut here. I feel like there's nothing but love behind that. And I'm not saying that whatever is alleged that she did or didn't do is okay. I'm not saying she's innocent. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm giving this a human moment because she is human. And I do believe she does really care about her family and that she's trying to do everything to make sure that they can live a comfortable life. Um, I also feel like that's something that she's, and she said that to her mom. She feels a huge responsibility as the oldest daughter to provide that. I do see where there could be, in her mind, I could see why she views herself as innocent in this situation. I'm not saying I see that she's innocent. I'm saying I can understand with the way she's communicating at this point about it that I do believe. I do believe she thinks she's innocent. I don't, I don't believe at this point that this is just a, like, she knows she did something wrong and she's just going to, like, adamantly say she's innocent. No, I do feel in her heart that she thinks that she's innocent and that she's done nothing wrong because she's coming at it from a place of, I just wanted to help my family. But I think the issue lies in sometimes what we don't know is 
did she get greedy? Did things get slapped? I mean, we, we obviously know she made a mess for herself. That's, that's very clear here. And I kind of almost feel like it's a little bit trickier because Jen is in charge of the said business. I mean, it's, it's her thing. This isn't attached to her husband and she's just there. This is not an Erica Jane situation whatsoever. In my opinion, I feel like it's worse. Well, I don't want, I don't want to say it's worse because Erica, whether she knew or didn't know or how much she knew or didn't know, ultimately she's not the one who did that to the victims. Not that she helped the situation along and not to go back into the Erica scandal with Tom Girardi. But if we're talking about Jen Shaw, this is all on her shoulders. She's been, it seems like the main provider for her family. So it's not like this is just something that she's attached to, that she's just like, ah, get me out of here. I think what's happened is either she entrusted in people that she shouldn't have, or she got greedy or she like, she tipped the line too much. And, you know, but the thing that you have to remember is that, yeah, she may say she's been a good girl. She's never broken the law or had a run-in with the law, but the FBI doesn't just pop up out of the bushes like for no reason, there's a reason. And it's not to say that just because she didn't have contact with anybody legal that they weren't in, I mean, they, they were watching her for months. So it's not like this isn't an overnight situation. Now on the show, it does feel that way because we're like, Oh wow, this is happening during the course of filming. This is great. Yeah. It's great for us as viewers. But what we don't realize is that like with Erica's situation, when the season's done, that does not mean that the scandal or the case or the issue is gone, which is why we have Erica coming back for season 12. And more than likely, Jen Shaw's coming back next season as well, because as soon as her court hearings pick up, I believe it's March, that's when they start to, to they start filming again. Actually, they're filming the Salt Lake City reunion this coming Thursday. So, you know, we're about to get to the end of the season here. So it's, you know, there's not going to be a lot of downtime. So it, just like with Beverly Hills, they're going to pick, the cameras are going to go right back up shortly after the reunion kind of dies off. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how her story unfolds as well. Like with Erica, she's just recently launched um, a business, which that's to be expected. I kind of knew something like that was going to come. I have my opinions about it, but that's for another podcast episode. Predominantly speaking, Jen Shaw, it seems like she's going to have a lot of things go on and it's going to be on camera. They've caught this at the very beginning of it. So they're going to make sure that they follow it because this is a story that they know is going to drive ratings down the road. It's also a good buildup for the reunion. It's also a good buildup for the next season ahead. How will they tailor the storylines after that? I don't know, but I think what we will start to see is you know, a continuation of this story. So will we ever get resolved? Possibly, maybe. I'm not sure with Jen Shaw's case because I think that's going to be a longer situation. It may not. It may be something that's in and out and they figure it out and then they move on. With Erica, there's been a lot of silence. It seems like there's a lot of silent movement. There hasn't been a lot of um, uproar as to any updates. So, you know, with her starting that business with the hair stuff, and I think we're going to see the same thing happen with Jen. I think we're going to see Jen, if she's found not guilty, I think we're going to see a different form of Jen Shaw. I think this, and I hope that it, it, 
shakes her enough to make her realize what's really important in life. And yes, I understand you should be wanting to take care of your family. You should want to provide and, and make sure that your family's taken care of, but not at the cost of losing everything because then everyone loses. And I think that's what she's going through right now. I think it's spinning in her head like, oh shit, I am really, I really meant just to make everything nice, you know? But now it's backfiring. And if this does come out that she is found guilty and she has to go away, that's going to change the whole dynamic and structure of the family. And I think that that's what's setting in for her right now. And then the other question comes up as I get a lot of comments and DMs on TikTok specifically regarding housewives like Erica and Jen Shaw. Why are they, why are they going on these realities? Why are these women putting themselves out there? when they have skeletons in the closet. And the answer to that sometimes is sometimes people don't think it's going to be them that gets busted. Sometimes even if they think, okay, sometimes, because I've heard this logic too, which I can kind of see it being, I mean, I, I still wouldn't gamble, but people are doing it right. I've heard that people will say like, oh, well, you know, sometimes people that have skeletons in the closet will purposefully go on a reality show to purposefully paint a different picture so that it doesn't seem like they're trying to hide something. You kind of see what I'm saying? Like, almost like I'm going to pretend that I'm fully transparent about everything so that there's no reason to try to look into something, to try to like make something look better or to try to make something look not so shitty, if you will, which I can see that logic, but then it's like, that's a big gamble, a big price to pay if you do all that. And then it's still comes out anyway and then you look like a liar and that you know that the scandal was going on in the background so it's interesting the decisions that some of these women make when it comes to you know putting themselves out there and showing off the luxuries because obviously we're watching housewives because we want to see that stuff obviously we don't want to see you know if if it was about normal housewives, then it would be it wouldn't be about the shoes and the glamour and the bags and the dresses and this and the parties. We obviously want to see that. The problem is, is that I think sometimes some of these women get on the show, and it's not just the women, it's the husbands too. You know, the husbands just don't get the flack for it because they're in the background. But a lot of times it's the husbands in the women's ear being like, Yeah, go for it. This will be good for us. We can really like, especially if the husband has a business or you know, they have their own business together. There's a lot of commingling, I think, when it comes to husbands and wives deciding, okay, we're going to rent these cars for the next four months. We're going to rent this house here. You know, that is, you know, they set themselves up to be the perfect cast member, if you will. And at this stage of the game, if people are coming on the show, they're not new to the franchise. They've heard of it or they've seen it or they are a fan of the show. Like we have Jennifer Armstrong from Real Housewives of Orange County who's tried for years to get onto the Housewives. She finally does. And now she's being slammed with lawsuits that are coming out left and right. And I just reported that I talked to um, an alleged ex-staff person that worked for Jennifer Armstrong's medical practice um, who spilled a lot of tea and, and, and couldn't share a lot of stuff because she's working with a lawyer currently. And there's a whole thing with that. So, you know, that's my point, you know, and, and even with all that, Jennifer to me is not giving anything. She's not giving me any person. She's boring. 
She's boring to me. I don't understand. So it's like, just because someone thinks that they would be good on TV or the show would be good for their business, that does not necessarily mean that the, the person who wants to be on the show has everything lined up and has cleaned out the closet and made sure there's nothing going on in the background that'll come to bite me in my ass. And unfortunately, either Jen pissed off a lot of people that worked for her or she treated people horribly or she just did a lot of shady stuff and people just had had enough because it's not just this one staff person. Apparently it's a group thing. And so, you know, the last allegation was the lawsuit of her having an unlicensed doctor work on a client who then had issues and it was just a whole mess. So not to digress into OC so quickly, but I want to finish my thoughts on Salt Lake City because I think, you know, with Jen Shaw, it's going to be interesting, but I don't think we're going to see a resolution for her at the end of this season. So it'll be interesting to see how they pick it back up. But the sources are saying, and it's clear, Bravo and production are picking right back up as soon as Jen's court date picks up, which I believe is in, excuse me, which I believe is in March. So it should be interesting because if they're filming that process, that's a whole different, like, that's a whole different storyline. I mean, that's a whole different way to approach someone's narrative. Um, And also, it'll be interesting to see how Jen operates next season, knowing that now she's, you know, being filmed in the middle of all this. Because I think at the beginning of this last season, when they started filming, obviously she wasn't thinking that. There's just another season. So I don't know. Well, I think we're really going to see a shift here in Salt Lake City. I think if you haven't, like I said, I, I encourage you to start watching. You're missing out. Trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Even if, it, you, even if you don't think you'll like it based on just the Jen Shaw, I promise you there's more than just the Jen Shaw stuff going on because and she is a part of a lot of conversations now, but there's, there's other storylines going on. There's Mary Cosby and her church. That's a, like, I would say that's plot line B that's playing out at the same time. And then you have like all these different dynamics. You have Lisa and you have Whitney and then you have Mary, and Heather and then Meredith and then Jenny. So Jenny, I think has been a breath of fresh air. Honestly, I think, now it's only been two seasons of the show, but I'm just saying going off of it for her to be a new housewife and for her to call Mary to the carpet on her behavior and the things that she said that were racist. I think that elevates it more. And I think that's the type of, the type of banter that should be happening with the other ladies on the cast. Cause what was happening, I felt When they were all sitting there, and I'm glad Jenny did pull all the ladies to the side and made sure that they were there to hear her call Mary out for the remarks she made about her eyes at the faux lunch. Because even while they sat there, there wasn't a lot of like, what? You said what? Like, if I was sitting there, and I was sitting with my group of friends, right? And one of my friends called out another friend of ours for making a derogatory remark that was racially charged or racially insensitive, I wouldn't sit there silent and just be like, 
neutral because I felt like I understand there was probably a lot of people that were uncomfortable for a number of reasons. One, probably like, oh God, she's literally going off on Mary and Mary's not the one. That's why we all keep our mouths shut and walk away when Mary's going on her tangent. But Jenny held her ground. And then Jenny also brought forth information that like Mary regifted something from her closet to Jenny. But then Jenny found out that it wasn't even for Jenny. It was originally for Jen, but because Jen got arrested, it was like, well, I got to get rid of these shoes. Let me give them to her. So, So I think, you know, it was good to see that moment because the other ladies don't really, they don't really check Mary like that, specifically Meredith. This is one thing for me that I just feel is weird. Meredith is so protective over um, Mary. And even when that comment was called out, when Jenny said to Mary, that comment was racist, that was an appropriate thing to say. I, I did not like it. And you still are saying, or whatever the case is, and Meredith to turn around and say, well, it's not for me to say it's offensive or not. It's for the person who, like, if, if the person it's directed to says it's offensive, then that's what it is. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think you know what's wrong and you know what's right. You know that that's not something you should say to someone who's of Asian descent. I I mean, and if you don't know, then like you've been living under a rock. Sorry. Like, I just, I don't understand this notion. I didn't know. I get that there's a lot of things in this space. Listen, I'm learning too. I'm on a platform. I also, but I'm not, I'm not saying that like, if you don't know, you don't know something. It's not like it was a question. Not like Mary said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I didn't mean it that way. Or I didn't register that that would be offensive because I ultimately meant, I think Mary knew what she was saying was going to be a jab. And I think she was trying to see if Jenny would pick it up and Jenny picked it up. And handed it back to her and said, uh-uh, you're not going to do this. I'm not going to let you just say these things and then act like you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want. You're going to have some accountability today. And I'm going to make sure all these ladies watch you take some accountability. But Mary didn't. And she walked away. And then Meredith, again, gets up like she did at the fall lunch and follows Mary. And it's like they're in cahoots. I don't get it. Meredith has a completely different opinion when it's about something else or someone else, or when someone says something she doesn't like, she's very adamant that she will speak up and say her piece on it. But with this Mary situation, even with the church stuff, she's like, so it's like, as if they both have something on each other and they're like, don't, you better not throw me under the bus. You better have my back because if you don't, I'll tell them, you know, it's like, I don't know. Is it one of those things? We'll have to keep watching. So yes, please, please, if you haven't started watching, you are missing out, my friends. Okay, let's get into Miami quickly because I am obsessed. I have briefly talked about this on TikTok. I do understand there's a couple things that have come up. A lot of the people commenting have voiced that they're, you know, they have an issue with the fact that they can't watch this Miami Housewives reboot unless they, you know, pay for a subscription to Peacock. And although I understand that, I think even for me, it was annoying, yes, to have another platform to have to pay for to just watch content. Because then you, like for me, I, 
I predominantly watch Bravo. So it's not the end of the world. Like I'm not, like we have Hulu, I have Netflix, I have all those things. We have HBO Max, obviously. So when Peacock came out, I was like, why doesn't, I just don't, I didn't understand. Like I just, it took me a minute. But then when Ultimate Girls Trip was coming on and then I saw the first free episode and I was like, oh, I don't want to miss this. So I made some alterations to my subscription plans. I'm not telling people that they need to do that. I'm just saying, and listen, if you can't do it, you can't do it. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I'm here to recap you. I'm here to share as much of it as I possibly can to keep you in the loop. So I don't think everyone should just go out and, and spend the $4.99 a month just to watch one show. If there's nothing else on NBC Universal, the one thing I do like though, you guys, about Peacock, and this is not sponsored by Peacock, by the way, um, it's starting to sound like an ad. It's not. I My thing, and this is just my opinion on it, after diving into the Peacock app, just to try to understand what I'm paying $4.99 for other than Ultimate Girls Trip and Housewives, um, there's an archive of every Bravo show that's ever aired and every season is available, which I love because, you know, sometimes I like to be nostalgic and go back and watch old seasons of Beverly Hills or, you know, Atlanta or whatever. And so it's nice to have that there as well as all the other NBC Universal um, shows and whatnot. So I canceled a a subscription that I didn't really care for. It wasn't as important to me and it was the same price as Peacock. So I switched them out. So that's how I justified it. But again, this is what I do. So I'm always going to get suckered into paying for anything that's Bravo related and that's okay with me. But I digress. Miami, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I have a lot of thoughts. I honestly, I wasn't expecting it to be as vibrant and spicy coming back. Because typically a reboot, you're just kind of like, well, what are we getting into? These ladies have been off the screens for, I don't know, five, six years at this point. So where, where are we meeting them? What part of their life are we meeting them in and how are we going to be able to keep the connection from season one to three and then pick up season four now? Like, what is this going to look like? Also, is production level going to be even lower because it's on Peacock and not on Bravo? Like, is the production level going to be different? Now, I was happy that um, Pop Productions came back to do the show. I love the way they do their editing. I love the way they produce. I love every element. Just the li- it's the little touches. So for me, I'm big into intros for shows. It's my thing. Like if I dislike the intro to a show, it's going to be really hard for me to stay past the intro credits because I'm like, you know, the, the intro is kind of like the, it kind of sets the mood, you know? So that's why Housewives always works well because you've got the taglines, you've got their individual like theme songs for each franchise city. And so it works, right? So with Miami, it in the past, I liked their editing. It was very on par with the rest of the Housewives. But what I really love now that it's on Peacock and it's been rebooted they really picked up the like the colorful elements and the like the night neon lights of like Miami. It was just like everything, the flamingos and the neon and the, the way that the women were dressed for their intro cards. I just loved every aspect of it. 
And as far as the show goes, you know, we do have some of the original cast obviously back. And then we have some new ladies. And I think that's also throwing people for a loop because a lot of people didn't see some of the familiar faces they remembered from Miami when it first premiered. So like, yes, we have Marisol. Yes, we have Adriana. However, they're not full-time, which when I found that out, I was very upset. I was very upset because those women were the originals. And it's also weird because it's like the theme the the theme soundtrack for their intro is Adriana's song. So like it's weird. Like what shouldn't she automatically be full time if you're using her song? Like I would be pissed. Um, but nonetheless, I feel like she's she's a friend of and so is Marisol, but I do believe they filmed just as much as the rest of the full-time cast. They needed to because it wouldn't have worked if we didn't get as much Adriana and Marisol. Yeah, we got Larsa back full-time, but, you know, Larsa's had an evolution. So it's not the same Larsa that we were introduced to. And obviously, because she was in a different place in her life, this was pre-Kardashians. You know, she was just a wife to Scottie Pippen living in Miami, whatever. Now we're reintroduced to her and she's in a whole different space in her life. She's not with her husband anymore. She's figuring that part of her life out. She's no longer friends with the, you know, Kardashians. And so it's interesting to see her on the show now after she's kind of been washed over by the Kardashian effect, as I call it. So it's almost like, yeah, it's hard to not look at her and be like, Oh, it's a little cringe sometimes because don't get me wrong. I think she looks, I think she looks fabulous. I'm not going to sit here and this is not about her, her looks. What I'm saying is the aesthetic, the, the vibe, if you will, it's very much giving a wannabe Kim. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. It it is from the butt. And this is what, uh, just so you know, if you guys are not watching, Adriana has been calling that out since episode one, which is why I knew I was going to love it because we still have the same messiness going on, but it's in true housewives fashion. It's not, you know, they really stick to the formula that we all fell in love with in the beginning, which is, you know, there's an issue, then you settle it, you have a conversation. There's nobody that we know of as, as of yet on Miami that's had any major scandals I mean, I think the one big scandal on there was um, who was it? What scandal? Oh, when when uh, I think their biggest scandal was when um, what's her name? Oh, I can't. Why am I blanking on her name? I'll have to come back to it. But nonetheless, the point was is that they don't really have like the Erica James and the Jen Shaw stuff in terms of the drama. It's like real old school housewives drama stuff. Like, Oh, you cut me off at that party last week. I just wanted to address that with you. And then they work through it and then they move on. It's like, you get these little bit, you get these little hiccups in the road. Right. And then you just, it's, it's like a buildup and it works. So it's good. It's refreshing. It's nice. It's great that we have some new cast members. You know, we have 
Gwerdy, who is Miami's top event planner. I mean, she's stunning. She's like tall. She's a gazelle. She's beautiful. And then we have, oh, we have Julie, who's married to her wife, who was a tennis pro. So very interesting. So I do, there's a lot of like dynamics there that are interesting and it's very inclusive. That's another thing that I really enjoy. We, we're just getting right on, we're getting on the right foot from the beginning. Um, They definitely got the assignment. I do think Miami could have even been more diverse the first time around just because it's Miami and it's so flavorful and it's just a a melting pot. But um, I do enjoy that they, they created such diversity and I'm really, really happy to see that they've introduced the first uh, same sex housewife. And just seeing that is just like, it's just different. It's new. It's fresh. It's like a different perspective, you know, that it's, it's a different part of just another form of representation that we need. Um, so all in all, really good things happening on Miami. Um, we haven't really gotten into the drama yet. It seems like it's getting there where they're picking it up. Uh, I think this last episode that aired is when we start to get a little bit more into the thick of some of the drama between some of the ladies. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm going to keep watching for sure. I'm, I'm a fan. I think although the production on some levels is a lot lower. I mean, I did have a a friend reach out who's a publicist who was commenting on it and saying, you know, it looks like they're using like lower grade cameras, lenses look different. Um, And he's right. Is it horrible? No, it's not. But the budget, like I said, is it, it's definitely not what, like another, it's not an Atlanta or a Beverly Hills or a New York budget. That's for sure. But they, I will say this from an, you know, the, just the layouts and the way that they do edit and how they add those elements and they add that, that spice to it, I think kind of elevates what the, maybe the lower end cameras are picking up. Now I'm getting into the real analytics of filming a show guys. And I'm sure you're so intrigued by it all, but I won't bore you anymore with it, but it is true. I mean, there's definitely a lower budget scale, um, experience with this, but that was to be expected from my end because I'm like, well, if they're repurposing it to put it on Peacock, it's, it's gotta be cost effective on their end because they're doing it in hopes it's not going to be based on, um, a return on investment in terms of ratings. It's a different platform. It's streaming. It's not, you know what I mean? So I think they were looking at it from all angles to try to get ahead of it so that it wouldn't become a budget issue versus ratings. Because I think that's ultimately what happened. I don't think people were, I think there was a small group of people that were loyal to it, obviously, because we're the same group that remembered everything about the first three seasons and were excited about season four. Um, But, you know, I don't even think it's going to be a long season. I think it's going to be treated like a new franchise. I think they're literally going to put out maybe 10 episodes, 12 episodes. The reason why I say that is because I believe, not I believe, I was given information and confirmation that they will be filming the reunion on January 20th, which is just three weeks away, essentially. So that means 
in three weeks, we'll have three more episodes. That'll put us at seven. Then we'll probably have what three or four more after that, before we get a reunion. And I'm sure the reunion will only be two parts, but again, we don't know. So we'll have to wait and see. It's a different format. I'm sure they'll keep the formula the same. It'll be a reunion. Obviously. I just don't know at at what length it'll go. Um, I think what they were trying to do here is try to reintroduce the ladies that we already knew, bring us up to speed on where they are in their lives, and then try to have an entertaining season to kind of build off of from there. It's always hard when you're doing a season one of something because it's you're never really going to get the full grasp of everyone season one. So you may like someone season one and then you see them season two and you're like, oh, I don't like you. Or you weren't like that season one. But sometimes that's what happens. You don't, you don't, it's just like when you date someone, you don't know them in just, you don't know everything about them in a short period of time. You, you continue to learn about them and that in, can change your view on whether you like said person or not. So same thing with housewives. Um, so that's Miami. And then just a couple little odd end things, you know, just wanted to touch on because, you know, again, <clears throat> yesterday, TikTok was going nuts. I got wind of a story that was posted on Radar Online. I know Radar Online is not the New York Post, everyone, but it is attached to the Bravo sphere and they have been right sometimes. So nonetheless, I was going on what they kind of put out in terms of Andy Cohen and his whole New Year's Eve situation and how he went on that rant and that he was, you know, sloshed and, you know, the backlash he was getting was not so much. And I think this is the part that I think even some of the commenters on TikTok don't understand is it's not about what he said. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, if you're from New York, you laughed at everything he said. And it's like, I used to live in New York and I'm not saying I'm a full-fledged New Yorker, but I lived there almost four years. And I can say that I totally get that he wanted to have a rant. And I understand that it's lighthearted. It's New Year's Eve. This is not a CNN covered news special, you know, in the middle of a desert. It's New Year's Eve. It's New York City. He was, he was just drunk and snowing. And if you guys don't know what that reference is, I'm not going to explain it on here, but what I will say is that a lot of people were upset that that was even brought into it because it's like an alley. It's like, come on. If anyone knows anything about anything, allegedly, everyone allegedly knows that Andy plays in the snow. That's all I'm saying. And everyone got really pissed off. Like, why are you putting that out there? It's going to be okay. Um, but no, so it was confirmed later, CNN came out. So I, I posted a story about it. And shortly after, CNN made a statement that said, you know, although we did have, a, you know, we gave him a talking to and da, 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 we will be inviting him back next year. So I went back to confirm that that was the case. But, you know, there's a lot of like love hate when it comes to like Andy. And so... It's like literally almost in the middle. There's people that live and will breathe and die by anything that he does. And then there are people that are like, do not like him whatsoever. And they want him off of Bravo and they want someone new and they want someone different and that someone who isn't so 
egotistical and you know he's had moments where he's come off like a dick um and i don't hate him i respect him and i i respect what he's done in terms of creating this because if he didn't do what he did and start housewives then i wouldn't be here talking to any of you at all so it's not like i hate the guy i don't hate him do i think he's shady and something i mean yeah he's shady of course he is he has to be he started housewives the problem I have is that when people get so mad that nothing anyone does is ever wrong, you know, it's like, there's always an explanation for things. That's when it starts to get annoying for me. But again, I have a thick skin. So the comments, I do read the comments. You know, a lot of people are like, don't read the comments. I read them. I read them because I want to know. I want to, I want to see what people are saying. Do, do some, does it ever happen where someone says something outlandish? Yeah, but I block it. It has nothing to do with what I'm actually talking about. And you're just trying to be an asshole. FYI, I'm not even going to respond. I'm blocking you. That's it. Move on with my day. But if it's something about regarding the content, if you, if we have a difference of opinion on something, oh, I don't, I don't get mad over that stuff. That's what I prefer. That's part of engaging. That's part of having this bigger conversation. And that's what I like about my specific platform is that I just, I don't want to just drop tea in your lap and then walk away. I want to engage you. I want to talk. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a viewer too. And I want to talk about it. The only difference is I may have a little bit more of an insider connect in a lot of these, in these franchises and these shows, because maybe I'm, you know, friendly with producers here, or I know housewives on this show and this. So, but that's over a span of 12 years. So that's the only difference. And I think that adds to the conversation, but in by no means am I, um, I'm not mad if someone says like, if I say, oh, well, Jen Shaw is innocent or whatever. And someone came in and the whole common thread was like, I disagree. And this is why. And you're like, you're delusional. Okay, great. I'm, I want to hear why you think that. So with that being said, I just wanted to um, kind of cover those things. We're in the new year. I want to talk about a couple things I'm working on. I'm really excited about, and I want your thoughts on it. So, you know, working on doing this, this podcast for you guys. And then I want to do um, something else that I'm working on. That I don't want to talk about yet because I don't want to jinx myself. But this podcast is going to be something that I really want to um, build on. And I'm really going to start trying to get people on. I want to interview people. I want to interview obviously people from Bravo. I want to interview other people that talk about Bravo. I want to, I really want this to be something great for you guys. And, you know, this will be on my YouTube channel. It's going to be free. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions asking if I'm going to do um, Patreon or some type of subscription based. And the answer to that, quite frankly, is I'm just not sure. I don't think I'm in a place yet where I would even be thinking about something like that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. I'm not going to add another subscription to your plate at this point. And even if I did, it wouldn't be, it would be for something that I invested some, like something that I invested a lot in, whether it's financially energy and things like that. And I need to justify it, but it wouldn't be like, Oh, like a podcast. Sometimes I do get annoyed with some creators where you can't even, you can't even hear the whole podcast unless you subscribe or pay the money. And it's just like, but I don't, 
I don't want to do that. So if I don't want to do that, I'm not going to charge people to watch my podcast. That's ridiculous. I think that's the whole point. But what I can do is I can use this platform to build into something greater for my audience that they would, I don't know, pay a a $1.99 for, and it unlocks this one. Like, I think doing it in tiers is, is fine. And I'm not quite sure exactly how Patreon works. Maybe they have tier systems and I'm just speaking ignorantly here, but I just find it like lately, a lot of podcasters are jumping on the Patreon bandwagon and I get it. They are trying to make this a source of income. And yeah, you know, we spend a lot of our time doing this stuff and we want to bring you guys great content and stuff. But until it gets to a point where I feel like I need that return, it's not going to be, it's not going to be that type of show. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, But I also wanted to remind everyone, if you're not already following me on TikTok, it's at Giorgio Says, and I would love to see you there. I post about three to four times um, daily, and I do go live once a day, typically. Uh, my goal is to grow my YouTube channel, and I'll be able to start coordinating lives so that I can go live on both platforms and do bigger things. I am also going to be um, working on some new merch, and I'm going to do some some small little collections and I'm going to kind of base them off of current shows that are playing at the very given moment and do something kind of fun with that. But other than that, I will um, plan to do a podcast episode, make it available weekly, and then we will continue to grow this platform together because you guys are the reasons why I'm even doing this. So With that being said, thank you so much for all the love and all the support and all the positive messages and the feedback and the constant like motivational messages I get is astounding to me. So I do appreciate every single one of you. Um, I try to reach out and respond to every single one of you as much as I can. It's not always easy. Sometimes it gets overwhelming, but I try to make a point in my day to try to do that. So until next time, until the next episode, I hope all of you remain safe. If it's snowed where you are, drive safely, make sure you've shoveled, make sure you salt, make sure you're wearing shoes that have grip. If you are walking around, or even if you have some skis handy, there's some people in the DC area the last day that have been skiing around the neighborhoods because it just seems like it's easier than trying to walk. Um, But yeah, until then, I will speak to you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. This was Georgia Says. See you next time. Time. Time.